Today in Agronomy on KFILAM AM 1060 with Pioneer Field Agronomist Allie Wise and Josh Schaffner. Here's Josh and Allie. Good morning, Southeast Minnesota. It's September 16th, 2020, and this is uh, episode 40, Allie. So oh, kind of a big number there, kind of exciting. Um, so Allie, we're kind of steamrolling right through September here, halfway through already. And, um, you know, a lot of corn uh, getting to black layer as I've made the rounds here uh, this week, but um, you know, GDU wise, uh, just kind of looking at some early black layer. GDU kind of says we should be a black layer, so that's good to see it matching up well. Yeah, GDUs, and it's nice that we're actually back to picking up GDUs this week, and we're keeping that windy weather in there too. So, like you said, a lot of those kind of 94, 95 days are definitely getting to black layer there. But GDU wise, out of Preston, Minnesota, from the April 20th planning date, uh, we're sitting around. Uh, 2336. So that's, you know, a little below the norm. But, you know, like we've talked in, in previous shows, we have to keep keep in mind that the early planning day is working in our favor. So even though maybe GDU wise compared to the norm, we're trending behind, but you figure in those those days we're ahead planning wise and, that, and that's helping our cause significantly. Um, maybe just a, a quick overview. You look at where we sit here today. Where would we have been sitting back in 2019? Yeah, so a year ago. Um... We always kind of remember last year and uh, we were on this day last year. Now, if we would use the same planting dates, which isn't quite fair, we planted much later last year than we did here in 2020, but we were 2160 um, just year over year. Um, that would have been minus 247. And, and Allie, as we, we, we get through September and get to October, our, our daily accumulations get pretty low. You know, even last week, we were averaging you know, one or two GDUs in some of those days. And we're kind of at a point now where we should be probably averaging, you know, probably 10 to 12. And, you know, we're doing pretty good here on days like uh, the first few days of the week. But yeah, it just, you know, years like last year, it just, you know, we're just hoping to get it black layered by October 5th, where this year, some black layer now, and now we're really trying to utilize this, this time between now and October 5th to really get to maturity and also, you know, um, take advantage of some of the warmer days and, and warmer temperatures, longer days, and, and hopefully get some dry down in this crop so that we don't have to start, you know, you know, maybe start at 28 and it felt like we, we quit at 24 last year is kind of what it felt like. And this year, hopefully we can just have that be in our favor a little bit. And, uh, but no, I mean, hard to predict what the weather's going to do here, uh, you know, the rest of September, October, but um, just really like where the, the crop stage is at. And um, yeah, I think we'll be here in pretty good shape here from a moisture standpoint if the weather cooperates. Yeah, I mean, I, I had some moisture samples today. A few folks sent me some pictures from our 94 day, 94, 92, and, and moisture's down there. We're definitely getting closer and closer each day to those harvestable moistures, mm -hmm. so nice to see. But otherwise, on the corn side of things, uh, what are some things you're seeing out in the field right now that are worth just, just talking through here real quick? Yeah, corn's changing in a hurry, and um, I was on the field uh, yesterday a little bit, and um, um, and I've noticed this in other fields. This isn't a one-off thing, and some of our listeners may see this as they're as they're walking in and out of some corn fields. But um, you know, um, just walking through the fields, and a grower thought maybe had some disease pressure, was it some rust or things like that? And and really, as we get out there and, and walk the field a little bit, especially on the edge, but it went in there a long, long ways. What we were actually seeing was actually some damage on the leaves from spider mites. And some of you might be thinking, spider mites—that's a soybean thing, not a corn thing, but. Um, it is a pest to both crops, and in this case, you know, with some of our drier conditions, uh, especially in Fillmore County in the southeast corner, um, we ran into that. And some of you might be thinking, well, what does that look like? And um, in, in a way, if you've ever seen it on soybeans, it's kind of a similar appearance, but it kind of gets you uh, that leaf stifling or speckled appearance on the, on the leaf surface. And basically, you know, what that 
spider mite is doing is just kind of using its its stylus to rupture the leaf cell and then it's just basically tearing into there and actually drinking the contents of the leaf and as a result uh you you see kind of that bronzing and you know and, and the thing i'm looking at it it was so it's as severe of damage as i've ever seen from spider mites and corn i don't know if it's having a huge yield impact um, I know in western parts of the Corn Belt, it can be a pretty major, you know, up to 30, 40, 45% yield loss in severe cases. This is nothing like that. You know, um, it's dry. I don't think it helped it, but I, I don't think it maybe hurt us more than maybe a percent or two of yield. If that, it, I think would be a stretch, but something kind of unique. But really, if you do walk um, fields that are along gravel roads, the first 12, 14 rows, I've seen it quite a bit. But um, if you see some of that, uh, you know, don't, don't, don't panic. And in most cases, that, uh, that's what's going on. Well, yeah, and I thought our counterpart, uh, just to the west of us, he kind of had a, a quick tip of things to look for if you think it could be spider mites and corn. So he just talked about that if you're looking along the midrib on the underside of, underside of the leaf, you could potentially find some light webbing from the mites as well. Mm -hmm. So that might be another thing to look yeah. for um, as you're out in those fields, because it does certainly catch your yeah. eye. But um, and then real quick on the corn side, before we move to beans in segment two, um, you've got some cool trials that you're maybe interested to for everyone to, to see the results come harvest time. Maybe give us a quick overview of that. Yeah, just 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 row spacing. I mean, it, it's kind of a simple trial, nothing crazy other than plain, you know, what I kind of call an alternative row spacing uh, trial. So I got a couple of them across Southeast uh, Minnesota this this fall and um, or this season. And, and basically what I'm doing is instead of a, a standard 30 inch row, I'm taking every third row and having that row stay off. So in theory, I got like a 30, inch gap and then a 60 then 30 then a 60 but we're leaving the plants per acre the same so there's the same amount of plants per acre um it's just in that arrangement of rows and uh today i was walking one of those and then i i played around with this in the past and the one thing Allie, um in this case it was a 94 day both were black layered but in the 30 60 30 row spacing it's amazing the stay green was I mean, just extremely green, you know, well below the ear leaf. If you go in the normal row spacing 30 inches, it was pretty well senesty. It was black layered, which you'd expect, but um, yield wise, it looks like it's really going to favor that, that 30, 60, 30, but uh, stay tuned. I'll have some yield results. We've got a couple locations out there. I'll be curious to see how they shake out.